Before tonight's episode, I want to let you know about our supporters feed, Get Sleepy Premium, the best way to experience the show and get a good night's sleep. With Get Sleepy Premium, everything is ad-free. You'll receive a bonus episode every week and have full access to our entire back catalogue. Your support really helps and means so much to us. Simply tap the link in the show notes to learn more. Now, a quick word from our sponsors who make it possible for us to bring you two free episodes each week. Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name's Thomas. Thank you so much for tuning in. I haven't mentioned it for a little while here, but don't forget you can find us on all your favourite social media platforms. Just search Get Sleepy Pod, all as one word, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and even TikTok. It's always lovely to build more of a connection and community with you all, so hopefully I'll see you over on one of our social channels very soon. As for tonight's story, you'll explore an old library which is the venue for a relaxing evening of piano music. As you settle and listen, feel free to drift off at any moment. So, before we explore the grand old library in our story tonight and enjoy a relaxing musical performance, let's ease into bed with some relaxing and nourishing breaths. So allow yourself to become fully conscious of your breathing, feeling every drop of air that flows in through your nostrils all the way to your lungs as your chest and stomach rise. And then gently follow it back out as your diaphragm lowers and the air flows out of your body. By becoming more deeply focused on your breathing, you'll naturally bring your mind to the present moment. And that's the only moment that matters. The here and now. When our minds focus too much on the past or the future, it's easy to fall into a sense of trepidation or unease. But by practicing being present, focusing on the steady flow of your breathing, you'll generally find there's nothing you need to worry about in the here and now. So, Continue to breathe slowly and calmly, and I'll just give you a moment of peace and quiet to enjoy that tranquil presence for yourself. Now you're hopefully nice and relaxed, 
it's time to enter the beautiful building where the piano recital will take place. You push open a heavy wooden door and walk into the entrance hall of this grand place. The floor and walls are made of marble and the air feels refreshingly cool. You've been invited to a special piano recital in the library of this old building. Although you're not sure exactly where the library is, your instinct guides you towards the central staircase. As you've arrived early, you have time to explore before the concert begins. As you walk slowly up the stairs, you admire the elegance and grandeur of the building. Everything seems to be made from creamy shades of marble, shining like mother of pearl in the lamplight. The decoration is simple and minimalistic, but every detail is perfect. There are alcoves in the wall at regular intervals, each one containing either an ornate silver candlestick or a marble bust. These sculptures are portraits of various men and women and seem to have been created many centuries ago. They look like artworks from ancient Rome or Greece. In fact, everything around you seems old. As you continue to walk up, you notice that the stairs are slightly uneven, worn away by countless footsteps over the years. The staircase seems to go on forever. You're surprised by how long it takes to reach the next floor. As you go up and up, your footsteps echoing through the hall. But at last, you get there. When you reach the landing, you find an open doorway. This is the entrance to the library. For a moment, you linger in the doorway, almost hesitant to enter. The library looks so old and so grand, you can hardly believe it's open to the public. It reminds you of pictures you've seen of old university libraries. 
or it could be the setting for a scene in a film, a period drama perhaps, with an element of magic. Just then, you catch sight of a woman standing near a bookcase in the back of the room. She comes to greet you with a smile. The piano recital will be starting a little later, she explains. While they wait for the other guests to arrive, you're welcome to explore the library, or sit down and make yourself comfortable. You're keen to see more of this extraordinary room, so you step inside and begin to look around. The walls of the library are lined with tall, dark wooden bookshelves that reach the ceiling. In between the bookcases are works of art, small paintings, black and white etchings, and marble busts. Unlike the statues you saw in the staircase, these ones can't be too ancient. You recognize some of them as portraits of famous writers like Shakespeare and Dante. In other parts of the room, writers' names are painted on the wall in elaborate cursive letters. Keats, Shelley, Byron. Then, looking closer at the books, you realize that the placement of the artworks and the writing is intentional. They're like guides, helping the reader to find the books they're looking for. The names on the spines match the writing on the wall. Standing next to one of the bookcases, you breathe in deeply. The smell of old books is wonderful. But there's something else. It's also the musty scent of the wood and the atmosphere of the room. It's as though you're breathing in the history of this special place. As you inhale deeply once more, you notice something unusual about the air. The smell almost reminds you of a river in summer, an evocative, natural scent. You walk towards a nearby window. It's been left open, letting the cool breeze of early evening flow through the room. Gazing out of the window, you find the source of the scent. To your surprise, the library overlooks not a street, but a canal. The green-blue water below the window laps softly against the stone walls 
creating a soothing rhythm. Knowing that the library is near water makes it feel even more magical. For a brief moment, you close your eyes and imagine the whole building floating, like an island in the middle of the city. You stand by the window for a while, enjoying the breeze on this warm evening. Then, you become aware of footsteps and voices somewhere behind you. Perhaps you should go and explore the other part of the library and see where the recital will take place. After wandering down a narrow hallway lined with bookshelves, you reach another area. This section of the library looks just like the room where you entered. There are artworks displayed among the countless shelves, and two tall windows overlooking the canal. But in the middle of the room, instead of shelves, there are rows of antique chairs upholstered in velvet, and at the far end is a magnificent grand piano. There's no sign of the pianist yet, but some of the guests are talking among themselves as they take their seats. Before finding your place, you decide to cross the room to have a look at the piano. With its glossy black surface illuminated by a spotlight, it looks like a work of art. You're also struck by just how large the piano is. Its presence dominates the room, and it almost seems to have a character of its own. Standing beside the piano, you gaze at the shiny black and white keys. It's amazing to think that these rectangles produce such a range of melodies. But then, you turn your attention to the interior of the piano, visible beneath the open lid. The instrument is not as simple as it looks. The meticulous arrangement of golden strings and hammers is so complex. It suggests endless possibilities. There are infinite combinations of notes. Composers can create music for every kind of mood and atmosphere. As you're peering under the piano lid, you become aware of a presence behind you. Turning around, you see a smartly dressed man. It must be the pianist 
ready to start the recital. You should find a seat, you think, and let him prepare. But he smiles at you and seems to be happy that you're taking an interest in his beloved instrument. And it's as though he's reading your thoughts. It's an incredible design, says the pianist. Although there are 88 keys, there are usually around 230 strings. And in total, a grand piano like this consists of 7,000 individual parts. The pianist gently taps a key with one finger and gestures to the piano interior with the other hand, showing you what happens. When he presses the key, one of the hammers touches the strings, which are made of steel. This movement makes the strings vibrate. They're connected to the soundboard through strips of wood called bridges. Through this connection, the wooden soundboard also vibrates, producing the sound we hear as music. The pianist says that the people who make the instruments deserve as much recognition as the musicians. It's a true talent and a feat of engineering creating such a vast instrument by hand. You nod in agreement, but it also takes a remarkable talent to play certain pieces of music. A pianist has to press complex combinations of keys with speed, precision, and feeling. As you reflect on this, you ask him how it feels to play the most challenging pieces. It depends, he says, on his mood and the nature of the piece he's playing. Sometimes it feels intense, and sometimes it's so relaxing that it's almost effortless. There are moments when he enters a trance-like state and the piano feels like an extension of his own body. And when the music is particularly fast or dramatic, he gets an ecstatic rush of emotion that flows right through him. He can feel it in his heart, in his breathing, That's how it feels to play Beethoven sometimes, and works by other great composers. You thank the pianist, and then leave him to get ready. Even an experienced professional musician needs a few moments to themselves before a performance. 
the seats in the front rows have already been taken. But perhaps it's just as well. If you're close enough to have a view of the keys, you'll probably find yourself mesmerized by the rapid movement of the pianist's hands. You'd rather sit a little further back. Instead of watching the pianist, you want to focus purely on the music itself. You find a seat near the back of the room, next to a bookcase and one of the windows. This is the perfect position, you think. From here, you'll still have a good view of the pianist and the piano, and you can enjoy the cool night air that wafts through the window, carrying the pleasant scent of the canal. Your chair is so comfortable, with its plush velvet seat and armrests, it feels more like a throne. Looking around, you notice that the other people in the audience also appear relaxed and at ease in their seats. Some of them are having whispered conversations, while others glance in the direction of the piano in excited anticipation. Just moments later, a hush spreads through the audience. The pianist has taken his position and is about to begin. As he glances down at the keys, he smiles to himself and takes a deep breath. It looks like a brief moment of meditation as he prepares to enter another state, losing himself in the music. The pianist plays the first few notes, his fingers gliding across the keys. You're impressed by the graceful beauty of his playing. His hands move so swiftly and fluidly, but nothing is rushed. He makes the music sound natural, almost effortless, as though it were his native language. Every now and then, you catch glimpses of his face. He mostly looks calm and serious, deep in concentration. But there are brief moments when he seems to be smiling, as though he's thrilled by the music, or even taking pleasure in his own talent. Some maneuvers are particularly impressive. His left hand leaps from one end of the keyboard to the other in a split second, making the perfect 
triumphant landing on a complex arrangement of notes. As the jubilant chord resounds through the room, the pianist looks delighted and completely in sync with the music. You wonder if you are the only one in the room to catch this brief expression of joy. Looking around you, you notice that the other members of the audience don't seem to be watching the pianist. Many of them are staring into space as they listen, in a peaceful trance, while others have closed their eyes. Although it's a pleasure to watch him play, you decide to let your gaze wander for a while, not looking at anything in particular. You want to be able to lose yourself in the music too, just like the pianist. The melody is so beautiful, rising and swelling, then softening into long notes of pure peace. You've never heard this music before, but you're captivated by its warmth. It seems to cover the whole range of human emotion and experience, and things you can't even put into words. It communicates more than any language ever could. After a while, you also enter a kind of relaxed trance. The thoughts in your head are like slow clouds drifting further and further apart. The empty space left behind is filled with the beautiful music, each golden note echoing softly through your mind. As you listen, you gradually become more aware of your breathing. The music is so calming that your breaths have instinctively become slower and deeper, in and out. This rhythm of breathing feels familiar and almost comforting. Then you realize why. This is how you breathe when you're relaxing in bed at night just about to drift off. You've gone beyond conscious thought and are about to enter another realm. You could almost fall asleep right here. It feels as if you're lingering at the edge of consciousness, drifting in and out of slumber. It's a light, easy sensation 
similar to floating in water. Breathing in, you remember the canal beyond the window. In this moment, it feels like you and the entire room are somehow floating on the water or even on the music itself. The melody is becoming lighter and lighter, softly fading. The peace gradually comes to an end. The pianist plays another and then another. As you listen and relax, sinking deeper into your chair, you wonder how much time has passed. It feels as though the recital will never end, and yet you don't want it to. You could happily sit here for the rest of the evening, listening to the piano until you fall asleep. A little while later, after another piece comes to an end, the pianist speaks to the audience for the first time. His voice is soft and low, as though he doesn't want to break the spell of the music. And though he speaks quietly, in the hushed stillness of the library, his voice reaches the back of the room. The pianist explains that the final piece of the evening is by an anonymous composer. Some say the piece was written as a lullaby for the composer's young child. It certainly feels like a lullaby, says the pianist. He wouldn't be surprised if the audience drifted off while listening. And it's no problem at all, he adds. If anyone falls asleep, He'll take it as a compliment. It will be a sign that he's performed the perfect rendition of this piece, capturing the sleepy atmosphere. The piece doesn't have an official title, but it's often referred to as a lullaby in E-flat major. With a smile, the pianist says good night to the audience. Then he turns back to the piano, takes a deep breath, and begins to play. From the very first note, you can feel the music working its magic. It's so gentle 
and soothing with a lilting melody that lulls you into a state of deep relaxation. As you listen, you close your eyes and daydream, letting the peaceful images drift through your mind. The slow pace of the music makes you think of a swan gliding across a lake, or silvery clouds passing across the surface of the moon. And then, the images fade as you find yourself being transported by the melody, drifting towards sleep. Your mind is clear, and your breathing is slow and steady. Soon, you're fast asleep, deep in golden dreams. And in the background of your dreams, the beautiful music goes on and on.